1: your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello and welcome into to another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Davey Hudson alongside former Titan Denard Walker, and we appreciate you joining us here today as we get set to recap the Tennessee Titans 34-3 win over the Miami Dolphins. Everyone's like, oh, Miami, they're riding the seven-game win streak. It's going to be a really tough matchup for the Titans. I don't know what to expect, but the Titans said, hey, we're getting our guys back, no problem, and they pull it off in a rout. But Denard and I are going to break that down. Look at the playoff situation because the Kansas City Chiefs also lost. And so as of right now, your Tennessee Titans, after all the ups and downs of this season, are currently the number one seed in the AFC. But we'll talk about that and much more on this edition. But before we dive into all of that, I want to ask, do you believe? And Believe in Titans is presented by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues to march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season, so head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your bonus. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. That's right, Denard. New year, new us. So, bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing new offers available. Bet online, where the game starts. D, I'm going to bring you right in off the top. How are you doing, sir? Take me through your emotions after that big win by the Tennessee Titans.
0: Oh, what a, what a awesome performance and i tell you what debo i had so much fun watching this it was just fun watching the titans play today they played exceptionally well uh all phases all defense and special teams and d tell you what um before the game i had a, a little heavy heart you know we lost john madden you know last week when we was doing our podcast you you uh heard it to me that uh, John Madden had just passed away and the NFL has just lost a, another icon. Coach Dan Reeves passed away uh, yesterday at the age of 77. And for our listeners, if, if you don't know anything about Coach Reeves, he was one of the best. He was a great player uh, here for the Dallas Cowboys for a long time. He was actually an undrafted free agent in 1965. Got to Dallas and they switched, t- Coach Landry switched him over to running back became a great running back for the Cowboys. And, you know, he coached a long time coached the Broncos. He coached the Atlanta Falcons. If you think about that 1998 team, that upset Minnesota, a lot of people were saying that Minnesota team was probably one of the best teams ever. And he went, went down to Minnesota. They beat them. Uh, the Falcons did the dirty bird all <laughs> down in Minnesota. And, um, uh, you know, I had a chance to compete against him many times. He was a great coach, a great man, and and Dan Reeves again. He was a great Dow boy. Uh, he is uh, a lot of people here in Dallas have a lot back for him. I, I didn't. He kind of retired before you know my time, but I knew a lot about Coach Reeves as as a player and as a coach. And and again, he will be missed. And so again, the NFL lost a, a great one to uh, yesterday and Coach Dan Reeves.
1: Yeah, we mentioned that the NFL was likely going to do something to honor John Madden, and before all the games today, they had a moment of silence, which was a a nice and touching tribute. And speaking of tributes, Denard, I feel like today Deontay Foreman did his best Derrick Henry tribute by just going off on the Dolphins' defense. You look at the Titans and their ability to run the ball today, and the weather was something where I was a little nervous going into the game because also do a show on the Tennessee Volunteers, and the Volunteers played a game at Nissan Stadium this past (laughs) week against Purdue, and the field, you could tell, wasn't in the best shape because all the rain that had come through the Nashville area, and today you saw the weather was not favorable, but the Titans were able to use their ground-and-pound attack to beat the Dolphins and and pound them over the head from the beginning. But Deontay Foreman, 26 carries, 132 yards, average 5, and had a touchdown to average 5.1 yards a carry and had a touchdown to go along. And so you just look at this team, and even though they don't have Derek, this was the first game where it's like it seemed as though we had everyone healthy. Julio was still out because of COVID, but all the other guys we were worried about were activated, and so this is what this Titans team we kind of saw going back to early in the year was looking like when they were just beating opponents such as the Bills, the Chiefs, the Colts twice. And so you always talk about it, Denard, it's the part of the schedule where you want to hit the ground running as you get set yes. to be in the playoffs. And the Titans had an incredible performance today, and they were able to walk away easily, not have to have the starters out there late. So you mentioned it at the beginning that all three phases, the game was played exceptionally well. What stood out to you, though, if you're looking at this Titans offense?
0: Offensively, it started with the O-line. We got the big boys back, Taylor Lewan and Roger Sacco. We talk about the game against San Francisco. We had Dylan Radnews and Aaron Brewer, who played a great game against the 49ers, by the way. But once again, the offensive line, they're healthy, D. healthy And they were having fun today. We talked about the strength of this Miami. It was their front because they're really stout against the front. Ogbo, Davis, Wilkins, and their stud, Jalen Phillips. Davey, Debo. There were no match for this offensive line today. This was one of the grittiest performances that I've seen by this group all year because it's the first time we've seen them all together in a while. And so when you talk about strength and numbers, that's the theme of this season, Davey. When this team has used 88 players this season, most in NFL, just think about this, D. This is a team that has a chance. All of the adversity that they have experienced over the last, what, six or eight weeks, Chance to lock up the number one seat in the AFC and have a week off, and I will tell you what, they are getting healthy at the right time of the year. And the, and I what, I was so proud. I know Deontay Foreman D. I love what you just said. The twenty six carried one hundred thirty two yards, but the play of the offense and the defensive line today was. Awesome. That's the word that comes to mind when I watch this team play. It starts in the trenches and the day it started in the trenches and it ended in the trenches when my man Montreal took that. Well, the game was already over in the fourth quarter. <laughs>
1: <But> still, <laughs>
0: you know, uh, the Dolphins just like, man, listen, let's get out of here and get back to South Florida.
1: You could tell. I mean, that ended the Dolphins' chance to make the postseason and they had had a great run. And everyone was talking beforehand about they're going to give the Titans a fight, but we, have, as Denard, you and I have talked about, we haven't seen the Titans this healthy in a while, and it was no match. We also talked about how the Dolphins, you look at the teams they've beaten, it's not been a particularly great track record of teams. And so the Titans, I thought that the weather played to their benefit, and they were able to offensively just control the game. And you look at it where the stats were showing that the Titans were able to be 7 of 15 on third down conversions. The, the key thing for us, D, was we were talking about Titans didn't turn the ball over. Uh, they came close right. a couple of times, but they didn't. I uh, can't say the same for the Dolphins. Dolphins had uh, two turnovers. They had a pick and a yes. uh, lost fumble, and, and those were critical. But the Titans just controlled this game. I mean, it was a very well-balanced attack, whenever you're just looking at from a first half and a second half, because when we've watched the last couple of games, you go to Pittsburgh, Titans looked great in the first half, terrible in the second half. You go to the 49ers game, look terrible in the first half, great in the second half. Well, today, they just played great the entire game. So that was a really nice thing to see. They scored 17 in the first half. They scored 17 in the second half. All those came in the fourth, but it didn't really matter because the defense was able to contain Tua. And this entire year, everyone's like, man, Tua has been really efficient. And he's just been able to get Jalen Waddle open and waddle's just been going off waddle only had three catches for 47 yards and one of those was on a 45 yard play so the titans outside of one play really kept him in containment and then you just look at what the titans defense did in regards to just not letting them move the ball it was great to see they were flustering to a they talked about how he had like a 70 percent completion percentage before the game today and the titans had him complete less than 50 percent of his passes so it's just Great to see that. They had four sacks on them, and so they were just swarming D. And I, Denard, I know you know defense, and so there were a couple of times where I'm going to let you rave about this secondary because I think at least two of those four sacks were coverage sacks because yes. Tua just had nobody open and eventually just had nowhere to go with it, and the guys were able to get to him. What was so great about the the secondary's performance and, and even the linebackers for that matter? Because, I mean, you saw them as well.
0: Well, you know what? It all starts off. So- like I said before, D, when you have when a defensive line and they can continue to basically put a quarterback under duress, you go back to the game against Kansas City. We saw Patrick Mahomes running to where laterally. We just, the, the whole, he was either running for his life or he was looking to throw the ball away. And I know it's such a shake when I say this, but when you, Do not allow a quarterback to sit in the pocket and get comfortable. It it really makes a quarterback day like to us. It was horrific. That was the best way to describe it. You go back to the game, excuse me, against the Bills with Josh Allen. We talked about one of the things that Josh Allen is really good at is he's a a very mobile quarterback. But what you, and you you said, well, what does it mean, Denard, when Josh Allen, you can get him off of a spot. To get a quarterback off of a spot means that what quarterbacks like to do, if you ever watch Tom Brady, they like to sit and to get not stationary, but sometimes when they move up in the pocket, they still like to be comfortable enough they can complete that pass. And so, and when you see a quarterback, even when he steps up, he's not looking just to step up. He takes off because he knows that there's guys, you know, all around him. And right now, that's what happened today is Tua couldn't get comfortable. When you look at this line, D, that it started up front and and it just it trickled right to the secondary because we knew coming into this game that Tua had a hotchkin rate in these last seven weeks because of the emergence of Jalen Waddle. He couldn't stay. He couldn't. He didn't have any what I call time in the pocket. So every time that tool backed a pass, Davey, you saw him taking off. He was moving laterally. If you can get a quarterback laterally, it's harder to throw the ball as opposed to you setting your feet. You can't get set. And think about this, Debo. If you go back to the game against San Francisco, we talked about the Titans had to stop player offensively, and that was number 85, George Kittle. He really is the difference maker. You think about coming into the game, and he was on the verge. Davey, when you think about this, check this out. That's the most yardage by any tight end of the other game, and he tied Darren Waller. Davy, he had two catches for 20 yards, and you wonder why the, the Titans won 2017. It's the same thing with Jalen Waller. Think about it. The key today was stopping number 17. We know that the Miami Dolphins running game is abysmal, and I, I don't mean to uh, – Talk about Duke Johnson. I like Duke Johnson. I've been liking him since he was uh, played in Miami. But there was a non factor in the running game. Davey, look at this. He was targeted six times. You talk about those catches. One came on a 45 yard bomber in the fourth quarter, in which had put, they end up putting Miami in scoring position. They couldn't even get any put in the Titans red zone because they end up flustered on a fourth and 11. And that's really where the game really took a huge turn because Miami, at that point, if they can at least get three points out of that, it's a two-possession game. Instead, what happened? Nothing. They came away with nothing. And that's when the air just basically deflated out of this team. But again, Jalen Waddle, no show. And again, Jack Rabbit Jenkins really also was a difference. At number two, if you watch the matchup, what they did, and I don't want to keep talking about it, but th- what they did was they deemed number 17. They kept the safety on top. They said, Jack Rabbit, you have Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker had four receptions for 46 yards. Jack Rabbit, if you watch how he played Devontae Parker today, he challenged him from the start to the finish. Jack Rabbit really was the difference in the secondary today. I know Elijah Moten had a fumble recovery that ended up leading three points. If you look at the way that number 20 Jack Rabbit Jenkins played today, Davey, he was not only resilient, but he was draped all over Devontae Parker. And that matchup is where the Titans won in the secondary today.
1: I thought the Titans did a really good job as far as their corners at the point of attack. You watch a lot of the situations where uh, receivers are going up for the ball, but the Titans defenders are right there, able to mar- get a hand in there. I know Fulton had a couple of passes knocked away, and Jack Rabbit was there as well whenever it came to guarding Parker. So I was really just happy to see them play at a level to where they weren't getting pass interference calls, but they were just always in the area and making sure that if the receiver from Miami was going to catch the ball, he was going to have to really fight to get there. And so you could tell with Tua being flustered out of the pocket multiple occasions, it just really benefited this team because he was not able to do well while he was on the run. And so it just goes back to talking about how great this Titans defense has been from this year compared to last year. And, I mean, you look at these last couple of games, Denard, and the Titans, they're not letting teams, you got to go back to before the bye when we were super banged up, but they're not letting people get over 20 points since the bye. The Jaguars, 0. Steelers, 19. And a lot of that was because of the Titans offense. And then you look at the 49ers, only 17. And then you look at the Dolphins, 3.0. So the Titans are doing a great job since the bye and just making sure that the Titans defense is making sure as long as the offense can get us 20 points, we're going to win these games. And and that's what has happened the last couple of weekends. So, hey, I will take it. And it just goes to show you that this time of year, you want to have that defense playing well. And we know that the Titans really didn't even have to rely on the passing game, but Ryan was efficient in what little passes he had to throw. Obviously, A.J. didn't have near the game that he had against the 49ers, but was still able to be out there. You could tell that Miami was trying to limit him, and they didn't have a a ton of success doing it, but Tannehill only 13 of 18 for 120 yards, but he had two touchdowns, a passer rating of 127.1, only took one sack. So, you look at that, and it's just like, this is a recipe for success for the Titans. What's crazy, Denard, is we only threw to six different receivers for the entire game. You look at the targets. So, they were like, "All right, we might not necessarily have everybody there. And I I do want to say, man, I feel for Michael Pruitt because that was a horrific injury that he suffered. And I I hope that surgery goes well and he's able to have a quick recovery, but man, that just, you feel for him. Whenever a guy gets rolled up like that, you can just see that it's got to be extremely painful. So we do hope that he has a quick recovery. And we know the team is, is thinking about him. Listen to some of the post game comments after the game and just, man, it's just, you hate to see it, but it's, part of the game coach Rabel said we the game gives so much but you have to understand the risks that come along with it and so hopefully he's able to get back and have another opportunity next year for the team because at times man he's been really physical at in the run game and he's been able to provide some sparks in the passing game from time to time but I guess we'll get more of an update on that probably tomorrow as it relates to the significance of his entry I mean but but that remains to be seen Denard also, while while we're on this and we're just talking about the Titans offense, what more would you have liked to have seen from this team? And I know we kind of have to get nitpicky because it was such a great performance, but is there anything else you're just like, the team wasn't exactly functioning very well in this capacity of the offensive side of the game?
0: No, no, absolutely. This was a great game. And I'm going to tell you why. If you look at the game today, D, We've been, to, there's a word that we often use and it, unfortunately we use it when they lose. And when they take that L, it's always a word that starts with T. It's called turnovers. And Davey, when you look at this team today, how many times did they turn the ball over today? Zero. Zero. Thank you. How many times did they turn the ball over against San Francisco? Zero. Jacksonville? Zero. You see. We, we, oh,
1: okay, uh, I, I you the we talked about it, man. We said it last week. I We talked about it. He said, if this Titans team does not have a single turnover, we expect them to win every single game.
0: Yeah. That's, and you but, know what? Especially this team, B Listen, it, think about going into the Pittsburgh game. Two of the four losses that they had going into the Pittsburgh game. They gave the ball over nine times. You can't win. Like, I wonder why I'm always saying there's, there's no disparity in this league. And when you look at the game, the difference between Tennessee and Miami is Miami turned the ball over twice, and Tennessee was able to capitalize off of those turnovers. If you're the Titans, what you do is you you look at the way that you played offensively today, and that's the way that you're going to have to play if you want to go big dance, and that's the Super Bowl down in beautiful Inglewood, California. And I wanted to kind of And I wanted to say this because it was kind of the tail of the two ends when you look at this team today. We talked about this, and I love you alluded to the fact that when we did our last podcast, is that when you looked at Miami's seven wins, they only had one team on there out of the seven wins that had a winning record at the time, and that was Baltimore. And what Miami did, or excuse me, what, what Miami was able to do over the last seven weeks was outscore their opponents, you know, 23 to 11. And so now, when you look at this game today, the Titans put 34, and Miami got three. And this is how Miami went started off the season. You talk about going one and seven is the fact that they were giving up nearly 30 points. So it's very. It was a game that I knew within the first quarter. I said, "Listen, if they can put 17 up, and just like they did at halftime, and I said if they can continue to generate this momentum, they can put this team." And we saw that. I mean, Miami just today they were just outplayed. And you said it. I love what you alluded to the fact that this team, with one team in Baltimore, is what, eight and eight? So they've gone over the last few weeks because of the absence of Lamar Jackson. But again, one of the Dolphins' inside riders today, uh, they said it best from the uh, Dolphin fodder. And they said, this is a measuring stick. You remember last year when we talked about Cleveland coming into Asheville? The Browns were eight and three, and the Titans were eight and three, but the Browns. They didn't beat not one team with a winning record, so it was a measuring stick for Cleveland, who end up when they won that when they came into Tennessee and they beat Tennessee. You saw how they just got hot, they that confidence. And again, Miami, what this was a measuring stick. Okay, yeah, you seven and zero over weeks, but again, out of all the teams that you've won, look look at the teams that you beat. Not one team had a winning record. Not even Baltimore. They're they're playing at five hundred. So, again, maybe this team is not that good. (laughs) It 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 could be the case. No, I mean, it very
1: well could be the case. Like, this, uh, we talked about it. I mean, you look at their game against, like, the Jaguars, and it's it's the Jaguars who have just been awful all year. And I don't know. The NFL always looked for storylines, and the fact that you had a team that lost seven straight and then won seven straight makes for a great storyline. If they're able to win this game today, they got a chance to make the playoffs after having just a Jekyll and Hyde-type season. But the Titans exposed them, showed that they were frauds. And so it's not like I'm going to say, like, oh, yeah, the Titans definitely, they're winning the Super Bowl now because they beat the Dolphins, but it's just like you took care of business against the team you should have taken business against. And so now we move on. We face the Texans, and there's there's not a whole lot. I mean, the offense played great. Defense played great. Special teams played great. I want to give a shout-out to both, that or the entire special teams unit. Uh, Randy made all his kicks, which is something you always want to see. And then you look at uh, Brett Kern, three of his four punts ah. were pinned inside the 10. So the twenty, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So it's like he just was looking like himself. The the MVP talks as as we always kind of joke around about it, like he's he's the best player out there. Uh so it's it's great to see and it's just really fun when things are clicking and you get to go into the week after such a great performance, not having to worry about a whole lot. And now like really the all only thing that the Titans are worried about is can they get Derrick Henry back in time for the playoffs? Because you clinched it. I don't even know if I've said that. We clinched the AFC South today. The Titans back to back AFC South champions, but that's I think part of that is probably because we're looking for so much more now, but the Colts also lost, which won't, which I want to get into next, as far as you looking at what happened around the rest of the NFL and what the playoff implications were. Because the Titans, it was looking like, oh man, they're probably going to get the two seed. That loss against Pittsburgh is really going to haunt them as far as trying to get that one seed. Well, now you look at it, Denard, the Titans have an 82% chance of getting the one seed. And if you beat tech, the Texans, you have it. It's yours. You get that buy. You get extra rest. And we've seen this team, if they're fully healthy, how dominant they can be. So, right now the Titans looking at the 1C because of Cincinnati. And, man, the Bengals, Denard, I'll, uh, I'll give a shout-out to your boys at LSU. Jamar Chase had 266 yes. receiving yards, three touchdowns. Joey Burrow, man, just lighting it up. And th- this goes to show you the Chiefs, their defense, they face a high-powered offense. They're not that good defensively and that was shown today. It was a crazy game. I was able to watch the end of it, uh, the yeah, way in which they were on the goal line and the Bengals couldn't punch it yeah. in, but they got the penalty to reset it, and then they kicked the game-winning field yeah. Joe Burrow gets hurt there late. Brandon Allen has to come in to take the snaps for taking the knee, and I, I don't know the extent of Joe's injury, but he seemed pretty fine in the locker room celebrating the fact that the Bengals won the AFC North for the first time in a minute. Right now, Titans fans should be feeling pretty good. When you look at how everything is setting up, the Titans, the Chiefs, the Bengals have all clinched their division. And right now, Buffalo and New England, uh, they're both 10-6. and six. And if Buffalo wins next week, they will clinch uh, the the AFC East. But still a couple of teams left in contention. Uh, the Colts right now would be the 6th seed if the playoffs started today. The Chargers, the 7th seed. And the Raiders would be right outside at that eight seed, and Pittsburgh and Baltimore are still alive. So still going to figure out the order in which that is going to happen, but who is the Titans' biggest challenger when you look at the rest of the AFC teams that are going to be in the playoffs? Oh,
0: that's the itself. And the reason that I say this, D, is that in this league, you control your fate. The way you control your fate is to go out and win. And what you do, and I've been in a situation like this where in 2000 we had to go out and beat Dallas, and what we did, we we would get that number one seed, and after get the number one seed, we get a week off. Okay, that's what you do. You're not worried at this time of year about nobody else but the guys in that locker room. You can this team controls their fate by going out and play the way that they play today. So if you're the Titans, you're not worried about nobody else but Houston. Because if you go down to Houston and lay an egg, guess what happens? going to play the next week. And there's nothing in – I'm telling you, Davey, one of the greatest fill in this league is when you win the AFC and you get a week off. A week off is huge because it gives you time to rest. We talk about this team play, what, 12 games, Davey, and they look tired. And then after – when they came back from the bye week, we talked about they looked rejuvenated. It looked like a whole new different team. They started getting pieces here and there. And then all of a sudden, we started to see the Titans play the way that they played at the beginning of the season. So once again, at this time of year, and what you have to do, even when you go into the playoffs, is you have to take a mental image of how you, when you're successful, and you have to also take a mental image of when you get beat. So right now, their biggest opposition is themselves. David, we continue to see, uh, we saw this earlier in the season. We kept talking about this team. They beat themselves and that's what they can't do. So right now I-, I was on a team just like this. And that's what the older vets used to tell us all the time, like Bruce Matthews and Brad Hopkins. Listen, you control your fate by going out. A- the way that you're supposed to play. And that's to play Titans football. And when Titans play the way that they're capable of playing, eliminating the turnovers, uh, stopping the the key opposition star players like they did against Bosa and um, George Kittle was a non-factor in those games. Look at today. We talked about this Miami, their their young stud and J. Phillips, their first-round draft pick out, he was a non-factor today. You talk about another star player from Miami, J-Lo, he was a non-factor today. That's the key. Do what you do best, and that's Titans football, and the rest will take care of itself.
1: Getting that bye is just going to be huge, and the Titans are the only ones really standing in their way because the Titans have shown they can beat Houston as long as the Titans don't beat themselves. And, I mean, Houston, they went down again today. They're a four-win team on the year. The Titans with their win over Miami improved to 11-5, and and they own the tiebreaker over the other team that's currently at 11-5 and in the AFC. And so, uh, there's a lot of situations that could happen. Let's say if the Titans do lose, the Chiefs lose as well against Denver because I mean, going on the road at Denver, Denard, as you played there and had to play uh, on the road there as well. It's it's definitely not an easy environment, no matter uh, how good Denver actually is, just being at Mile High. But uh, we won't necessarily get into all those situations because there's really a lot to go through. But it's as simple as when and you get the one seed. So we'll continue to talk about the Titans as they get set to take on the Houston Texans this week. Got to get revenge for that one here in Nashville. Yes. We left a bad taste in the mouth. But the other thing, Denard, I wanted to talk about before we get out of here, Mike Vrabel, if he gets this win against the Texans, he is the NFL coach of the year in my, in my books. I mean, you take about you talk about the team and how many players have been out, and the team continues to show up and – No one else has had to face the adversity from that standpoint, as far as number of players. I know the Ravens had some injuries, but they're eight and eight. They're looking at not likely making the playoffs at this point. So it's just to be the number one seed and suffer all the injuries and face everything that the Titans did. It's just a remarkable job by Mike Vrabel and his coaching staff. And so I just you got to give credit where credit is due. Uh, Still a long way to go, and by no means achieved everything we want to achieve. But the Titans are sitting pretty. And I haven't felt this good in a long time, but I guess a 31 point win will will put you in that position.
0: Yeah, indeed, I'm glad you you uh, brought up Coach Vrabel. I like to say congratulations to Mike Vrabel. This is the second straight year that the Titans have won, or the and the last time that that has happened was in 1960 and 1961. They were not called the Titans. Who were they called back then? Yeah,
1: that was all the way back in the Oilers days. There you go, the Oilers, and they was
0: led by a running back. You just gave LSU some love earlier in the podcast. What running back was on that team that was a star player for that team that won the AFC South, uh, 60 and 61?
1: In the 60s? (laughs) I know this, but I want to say it, but I feel like I'm going to be an idiot if I get it wrong, so I'm actually just going, going to abstain, Denard, and you just tell the audience who it is. Billy Cannon, baby. I would have missed that. I would have missed that. So in I'm glad LSU I missed LSU history say it.
0: to have his jersey retired. Number 20, the GOAT of LSU.
1: I did not realize he's the only LSU player to have his jersey retired. So that's a nice little well, fun fact. D, we are out of time, sir, but I appreciate you joining me today. I'm actually going to throw it to you one last time. Any closing thoughts? No, D, I'd just like to
0: say to all of our fans, I hope you have a, uh, a great new year. Or, or And uh, as we enter 2022. Too, I pray that each and every one of you stays safe during these uh, unprecedented times. And to uh, to the Titans fans, thank you so much for not only uh, being with us in 2021. It was a tough year, much like this team, but once again, is starting out is starting to look pretty good. So, and I like to say congratulations to the Titans organization. What a resilient bunch of young men! Uh, what they've been able to do considering the fact of what they've had to go through. So again, congratulations uh to coach Mike Vrabel, his staff and these uh players. It's, it's been a, a great uh, journey to watch these guys this season.
1: Very much so Denard. And to just go out on a closing thought, we're undefeated in the year 2022 and I would like to continue to be undefeated until we reach next season at some point. So that is going to do it for us today. But for Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson. The Titans have a chance to clinch the one seed in the AFC next week. We'll be back to talk about that later on this week. But hey, you have been listening to Believe in Titans, presented by Bet Online on the Believe Podcast Network, and as always, tighten up. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can follow along to keep up with all the latest Titans information on Twitter at Belief Titans. That's B-L-E-A-V-T-I-T-A-N-S. And hey, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done.